Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. You might as well call the show Buckets, Boards, and Bubble Ball. We're going to rip through each one of the NBA playoff matchups. We're breaking down each game. The King and I are ready to go. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former 3 and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome into another edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Uh, Monica McNutt here alongside my co-host King McClure. Uh, how you feeling, buddy? I am feeling fantastic. Good answer, good answer. We are <laughs> feeling pretty good with the NBA playoffs getting underway at the top of this week. This podcast rolls out on Thursday. Playoffs kicked off on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, woo, what good basketball. One word takeaway so far. Wow. No, 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 no. I'll take, take, take it back. One word. Lillard. Lillard. Fair enough. <laughs> Wow and Lillard are basically synonymous. But having said that, we got history, sort of, kind of, maybe on the brink of history. Both eight seeds, the elite eights in the 2020 NBA playoffs, knocked off the ones. Both the Magic stunned the Bucks, and then the Blazers beat the Lakers. A little less stunning for those of us that love the game and have been following closely. But I personally blame you and Bruce because after our pre-podcast meeting, everybody agreed that Bucks magic, eh, nobody needs to watch that. So when I turned the game on in the fourth quarter, group text, wow, guys, <laughs> great game. Man, that was, um, I, I don't see it coming, just, just being real. Because especially with the magic not having uh, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, and Aaron Gordon, for them to pull off the upset, honestly, I, that, I, that's great coaching. That's what I say. So the thing that stunned me with that, when I dug into the box, was that Giannis still put up his numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like this was a nail-biter. The Magic kind of cruised in this win. So Giannis still posed 31-17 and seven assists. But Nikolai Vucevic, 35 points, 14 rebounds, four assists from him. I mean, a tremendous performance. Then, you know, my DMV guy, Markel Fultz, 15 in his little bag in his back pocket. <laughs> Terrence Ross gives you 18 and six off of the bench. Uh, are you calling this fool's gold, though? Yes. Mm. I think that this is 100% fool's gold. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. So, 
I don't think the Magic will beat them. But I do think that the Magic's game plan will, once you run into like, you know, the Raptors or run into a, the Celtics or a team with better players, better defenders, they're showing you kind of sort of how to play the mat, how to, how to play the Bucks. So I think that, I mean, despite, and then if you look at the, the box also, you see that Chris Middleton didn't have a good shooting game. Um, Eric Bledsoe shot bad. Uh, Brooke Lopez shot bad too. Uh, they were just missing shots. But the Magic's game plan, credit to them, they had a great game plan and kind of walled up, be honest, made it tough for them. So I think this is fool's goal. I think they will win this series in probably six. But, I mean, credit to them for making it interesting. Is six fool's goal, though? Like, should a Magic squad, I can't even say limped, but, you know, whatever, they're in the playoffs. <laughs> should they be taking the team we expect to see in the finals to six? Or are we just seeing more parity across the board? Look, y'all might expect to see them in the finals. I didn't. <laughs> I, had not, I don't expect to see. I, I'm not a big fan of the Bucks. I'm just not. Like, I'm not a fan of them. Because? Because I think that Giannis is really good and he's one of the greats that are playing right now. But I'm just not a – I just don't think they have enough to compete. Like, they played around Giannis, and, yes, Giannis gets his, but I, I don't know. I'm just – just, I'm not a big fan of the way their team is set up. I don't know. So, if I could fill in some of those I don't knows for you. Giannis mm-hmm. gets his, but he's not necessarily a distributor that makes everybody around him better. By default, the attention that he draws on defense, if you can score, you're going to be able to score. But in terms of actually elevating the level of play of guys around him, jury's still out on that. I think that's how I would translate mm-hmm. the final notes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. See, so here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I'm a big fan of players who have, like, who have, like, a game. Like, a this, this is like a hooper terminology. Let me try to dumb it down. Like, for players who have a skill set, in a sense. Okay, I, I got you. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Giannis doesn't have a skill set. And I think that, no, no, I, I, no, listen, listen, listen to me. Yes, he's seven foot, runs like a deer, can move, but he doesn't have game. When you say game, you're looking at like Dame, you're looking at like Steph, Kobe, Jordan, they have game. Like, you know who else doesn't have game? LeBron. LeBron doesn't necessarily have game he's more so like scoring off of athleticism strength see but i so this is where we would get into a whole separate (laughs) podcast on this because i think there are different types of game you sound like you're talking about handles to me more than like smooth more so smooth more than game if their game is playing to their strength power and athleticism you still got to deal with that that's game but we're not going to do that we're not going to do that right now because we will be there the entire time i'm about to say i I'm so ready. We, <laughs> I'm so ready for this argument. <laughs> Maybe some other time we'll bring Bruce in as a referee in stripes and we'll figure this out. But on the other side of the elite eights that knocked off the one, you mentioned it, Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, and company handle the Lakers, holding them to just 93 points. I heard earlier today on Around the Horn that the Blazers haven't given up less than 100 points in like a month. 
So, sounds like the Lakers are in a little bit of uh, a tricky spot there. The Lakers are in trouble. And here, here's where I'll say this. If you watch their games before the playoffs, they have not shot the ball well. They haven't been playing very well. But last night, to shoot 15% from the three as a team, 15%. And then on top of that, when you look at the other side, Damian Lillard didn't do anything crazy. He didn't have, like, an amazing game. He had 33. That's light. Uh, C.J. McCollum, he took 20, 21 or 22 shots to get 21 points. That's not a very efficient game. He technically had a bad game. Melo didn't do anything special either. Like, they make shots, but the Blazers didn't play their best and still beat the Lakers. I think they relied too much on Anthony Davis and LeBron to score. Now, the problem with that is LeBron, unpopular opinion right here, people. Here we go. Le- <laughs> Let's get it going. LeBron is not a scorer. So I think that LeBron, no, yeah, yeah, I don't think he's a scorer no more. I really don't think that he, he can score. Because here's my problem with LeBron, okay? Here's my problem. Fourth quarter last night. Well, this is Aaron on. This is we're recording on Wednesday. So, yes, Fourth last night. Game one. We got you. Fourth quarter, game one. Game on the line. Anybody in the league, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Michael Jordan, they're going to get buckets. They are going to dominate and they're going to establish their will. Like they're, they're going to do whatever they want on offense. LeBron doesn't do that. Yes, he passes the ball. Yes, he has a triple-double. Cool. At the end of the day, Kobe Bryant shooting every shot. He's taking over the game. Damian Lillard is taking over the game. LeBron just doesn't do that to me. And that's my biggest problem with him. All right. I'm stopping snacking on my dried mango here to respond. Uh, I will say that of those players that you listed, LeBron definitely has the reputation as a facilitator at a higher percentage as a part of his overall game than the rest of those guys. My only problem with people that say LeBron isn't clutch, LeBron doesn't take over, I think LeBron is true to the game, and I, I think that that's okay. Monday or whatever, game one, the Lakers just look bad. Like, to me, they just look bad across the board. I was trying to figure out why in the world Alice Caruso was tasked with guarding Damian Lillard. Like, that's just awful all around. Um, I think there's something to be said for, what is it, six trips, consecutive trips to finals and so on and so forth for LeBron. This is a game one deal. I do think that the Lakers are in more trouble than the Bucks, if that's the question. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily expect Portland to win the series. But here's the thing. LeBron is known as a facilitator. Yes. But who are you facilitating to? That, no, I agree with you. <laughs> you, you. You have Anthony Davis, but you have nobody else to facilitate to. So why are you not dominating and going to score? That's my issue. Right now, your teammates, they're not doing anything. First and foremost, I don't know why you you get J.R. Smith, you get Deion Waiters. J.R. is known for making shots in the playoffs. Whether he's shooting the ball well or not, post-playoffs, he's known for making shots previously. Deion Waiters is known for getting buckets, whether he's making shots or not. They're vets. 
Why are they not playing in the game? You need dudes who can make shots right now. Then on top of that, so like LeBron, your teammates aren't making shots. Why are you not being aggressive and scoring? That, that's my problem. You would never ever see Kobe Bryant do that. You would never see Michael Jordan do that. I promise you, game on the line, they taking every shot. There's no question about it. They're going to win and lose, put the team on their back, and either win or lose the game. And it's going to be solely on them. It cannot be overstated, the balance, though, I think, for the Portland Trailblazers. I don't have a box score in front of me. Uh, but you got contributions from Nurchich. You got big-time shot blocks from our guy, Whiteside. Um, I just think they played a complete game. Gary Trent Jr. is coming on at just the right time, and it's beautiful to see. So this is going to be interesting. I- I'm not going to jump on the Charles Barkley bandwagon and pull out the broom. Nah, but nah, Charles, Charles is crazy for that. The, the, LeBron's not getting swept. <laughs> Le, I mean, LeBron's not getting LeBron swept. The facilitator might get swept because he ain't got nobody to facilitate too. But anyway. I mean, but you know, another thing, last, last point I'm going to make. The team had 22 assists total and LeBron had 16. Doesn't make sense to me. He was facilitating. That's exactly what your point has been. So nobody else can make plays? Evidently, and nobody else can uh, cash in on the other end of those assists either. And that is why they will be in trouble. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's keep it moving. We're going to go back to the Eastern Conference. Time of this recording, Raptors lead the Nets 2-0. I don't have a ton to say there. I don't know if you do. Uh, Fred Van Vliet continues to be great. I will say, in game one, when OG Ananobi grabbed a rebound between two Nets players, one dribble, spin, dunk, and one, I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy, 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 boy. Look, the Raptors are my pick out of the East to go to the finals. I mean, it's looking less and less crazy, so so we're going to see. Um, I've, been, I've been saying it. They have five guys who play as one on the defensive end and get it done, and they just play with a chip on their shoulder. And, they, I mean, they've got the experience. And shout-out to Masai Ujiri's team for releasing the video of the idiot – police officer, security guard, whatever you want to call him, from the finals in Golden State. You're wrong, dude. You need to apologize. Stop trying to abuse <laughs> your power. All right. Keeping it moving. Let's stay in the East. Pacers Heat. Uh, super bummed. First of all, did you see Victor Oladipo's shoes? Mm-mm. I didn't even see him. Oh, my God. We have to get a picture of those. He had on <laughs> my uh, – hold on. I'm messing up all my Jordan numbers. 13s, I think. I think, but they were painted. Like, I don't know who did them, but they had a Goofy movie characters on both sides. Oh, for real? What's the ones with the, dang, I messed up all my Jordan numbers except the ones that I actually love. <laughs> the ones that have the stripes, the shoelace part is just stripes and like the shoe was white on either side or black and I think it came in red. Oh, I think it might have been tens. Uh, okay, yeah, it might be tens. Anyway, you gotta go look them up. They're fantastic. Uh, Thoughts on that series? I don't really have much to say. I mean, Jimmy okay. Butler, TJ Warren. Um, this is what I will say. This is what I will say. But we're gonna take your podcast. Tell us. We're gonna take this back to the matchup before the playoffs. After Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren got into it, me as a competitor, no guy is gonna talk crazy about me in a in a in, a, in the post game interview. And me not go out there and, and, and bust his head next game. Jimmy, TJ Warren. I mean, uh, no, TJ had 22 yesterday. 
I'm not, I'm talking about the first time they matched up since that. TJ only had like 11 or 12. Are you calling TJ fool's gold? I don't know. He's been quiet. He had a few good games. He's been quiet. He's he's good. He's a bucket, but he's been quiet. That's all I'm saying. To his credit, he did average 20 over the course of the season. Um, I just think that this is going to be a great series. Like, both coaches, Spo, Nate McMillan, X's and O's, I think it's going to be competitive. I hope that Victor Oladipo can return. He left in the first quarter of that one. Uh, Bam Adebayo coming on strong. Bam Adebayo has been like that since high school. He's been like that. 17, 10, and 6 since high school? Been like that. Okay, well, I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> uh, all right, so we got to bring in our producer, Bruce, on this next one. Philly and Boston. Mm. Boston gets the dub 109-101 in that matchup. Uh, your boys, Bruce, Jason Tatum. What I got down here? 32 points, 10 of 11 from the free throw line. You'd love to see mm. 10 of 21 overall. Jalen Brown also 29 points in that one. But, Bruce, you lose your guy, Gordon Hayward, for what reports say is going to be four weeks with an ankle injury. Are you concerned? I'm not super concerned against Philadelphia because I don't really think Philadelphia has enough to beat Boston. But that next round against Toronto, that's where they're going to really, you know, miss him more, I think. I mean, they've they've still got a big three that can put up – three guys can put up 20, right? Kemba, Tatum, and and Brown all can – score 20 in the same game. And that's really, you know, Gordon's pretty good as a playmaker for them. And he keeps the ball moving and he, and, you know, they, they're really good about ball movement. Um, but I'm a huge Marcus Smart fan. And I think Marcus is going to definitely, he, he's yeah. not going to, he's not going to give you the points, right? But he's going to give you everything else. Dallas, Texas, shout out. Are you finished with your Texas shout out? My bad. I just had to had to throw it out there. Mm-mm, no, we appreciate that. Uh, you're not concerned about Philly at all, Bruce? Like, you're just ready to toss Philly to the wolves like that? No, I think it'll go six games. I mean, you know, Philly's a legitimately good team. But, you know, they don't have Ben. And they don't really have a whole lot of guys who can make an outside shot. So when they dig down on Joel Embiid to get the ball out of his hands, as King likes to point out, uh, somebody's got to make a shot, right? And I don't really see a whole lot of shot makers out there. So if Joel doesn't go for like 40 and 20, I don't know that Philly, you know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to win some games, but I don't think they can win the series unless Joel's averaging like high thirties and high teens and rebounds. Thoughts, King? That's just me. You guys are the analysts. I, I agree. Guys think? <laughs> I agree. Like I said, I, you have to have – shot makers around you. Joel Embiid is too good to allow him to play one-on-one down low. So, of course, you're going to double him. So, he has to kick it out to somebody, and if he doesn't have people around him that can make shots, you're in trouble. For sure. Josh Richardson had a nice game in game one, but that was it. I mean, that was it. (laughs) Al Horford had a good moment or two that I remember, but consistently, he wasn't memorable. I, I love Al Horford. I mean, being a former Celtic, I, I'm a great admirer of his, and I was for a long time before he even got to Boston. But, you know, Al's, Al's fastball used to be 98. Now he's barely cracking 90, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look at you with the sports analogies. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our Eastern Conference playoff conversation. 
Over in the West, Thunder Rockets. We'll start there. Now, here's what I love that has nothing to do with basketball. I don't know if it was Chris or James that said it, but I feel like they share the sentiment. No beef between them. They were teammates for a season. It was great while it lasted. And then they weren't anymore. And that's okay. So please, let's not cook up these MVP. When it comes to the actual game, what's on this paper? 123 to 108. Rockets convincingly without Russell Westbrook. Handle business, King. What you got on this series? So here's, here's my thing. I think that the Rockets are better than what people give them credit for. Coming into the playoff, they had a top 10 defense out of the 22 teams. They were top 10 in defense. Were they really? And they really were. Like, people, a lot of people like to discredit their defense, but they were top 10. So, like, the small ball thing, whatever you want to say, it's working. And with James Harden, and now these new guys stepping up, Ben Mecklemore, whose career is being resurrected, uh, Daniel House, who's, you know, just a tough guy. You, not an I. That's important to note. Yeah, I mean. Also, I, my guy, Jeff Green, Hoya Sox. Oh, yeah, Je- Jeff Green, Eric Gordon. Like, these guys are actually, actually might be the sleepers of the West. Because, you know, everybody's talking Lakers, Clippers, Trailblazers. I mean, I definitely think the Trailblazers are – it'd be the Trailblazers and the Rockets would be my sleepers because nobody mentioned the Rockets. But they, they, they might be the sleepers. No, nobody is mentioning the Rockets. And I'll tell you what, if they get the Thunder up out of here, less work, more rest, I, you, I mean, you might be on to something there. You might be on to something there. All right. In the West also, Mavs Clippers. This was one that I was super excited to watch. Mm-hmm. versus Kawhi. Um, it also is where I find my who's tripping for this particular week. Mavs lose to the Clippers 118-110, but it was quite the game to watch. Luka puts up 42-7-9. and nine. Like, this man is – like, I don't understand when people have the conversation of what young players you would build around. <laughs> like, it's Luka. Don't talk to me about nobody else. It's yeah, it's no question. Um, but Kawhi, woo, 29 12 and 6 on 11 of 21 from the field. Like, I think Kawhi's efficiency is so underrated. But Orange did the same thing 10 of 22 uh, for a great night as well. Uh, how many games you got this one going, King? Seven. You think? Seven. Because he, here's my thing before we get into your who's tripping. Here's my thing. Without Porzingis, well, with Porzingis, I think the Mavs take game one. See, I think it's closer, but I'm not sold that they actually take it. I think they, I think they take because it was close without Porzingis. It was still a ball game, but with Porzingis, because honestly, if you look at the Mavericks roster, you have Luca, Porzingis, major drop off into like role players. Uh, uh, you got Seth Curry. You know what I'm saying? Role player. True. Got my man, uh, Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews not on the team no more. No, oh, he's not. It's Tim Hardaway Jr., your boy. Ooh, my bad. I mixed him up. Sorry. Another role player. Who else? Maxi Kleba. I like him. Super role player. Super role player, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's nobody to really counter that. I'm saying there's nobody. You, you don't have a second option to go to, which is why I think the Mavericks are one piece away. One piece. They need a third, third option. And they're one piece away from being a championship caliber team. 
when did Wes Matthews get put off that team? He's not on that team no more for real. <laughs> he's right. on Milwaukee. He's on Milwaukee. Yeah, he's on Milwaukee. Oh, oops. Who am I thinking? Who am I thinking of? It's somebody look like Wes Matthews though. Are you tripping? No, I'm not. Yeah. Hey, who's tripping this week? Monica. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I'm tripping a little bit. Dang, I knew I knew Wes was in Milwaukee. Who am I thinking of? I had a Dallas game early this year. Who am I thinking of? I can see him, but I can't call his name. I'm gonna go pull up the roster. But anyway, all right, real quick, who's tripping? The refs. I, like I'm just over the refs. That's why Porzingis was out of the game because of technical foul call. Two techs, he got ejected. The second tech after which Mark, which Morris brother plays for the Clippers, and which one plays for Lakers? Um, I think that was Mark Keith. Okay, so Keith gets an altercation with Luca. KP, as he should, swoops in, going cape for his captain and his leader. Guys, Marcus is on the Clippers. Markeef's on oh, the Lakers. Marcus. Marcus. No, they look, they look very similar. They look just alike. <laughs> All right, so Marcus, excuse me, mixes it up with Luca. KP decides to cape, as he should, because that's your leader. Second technical foul. My problem is the first technical foul was because he was demonstrative after a call that he disagreed with. Steve Javi, Bruce's friend, who we love, great. Uh, explains on the broadcast that by the letter of the law, those are text. Players know, refs know, and if refs don't make those calls, they're going to be called to the carpet. Company line, you're supposed to say that. This is playoff basketball. <laughs> if a guy can't get upset about a call, what are we doing? I don't know if it's extra quiet in the bubble, so there's heightened sensitivity to these things, but it's ridiculous. I have said since the restart, the texts have been flying entirely too easily. Someone who works in the league office and actually counts the texts shared with me that by number, the texts are not up. It's just that we have a larger volume of games over a small amount of time, but it looks ridiculous. It's a bad look for the league. I think they got to do something. No, I agree with you. I think that um, that was bogus, <laughs> especially the first one. Because, I mean, everybody knows, like, if you're in the heat of the moment, you, you who, Monica, you're in the heat of the moment in the NCAA tournament, you're going to get upset. It was a clean block. First and foremost, you shouldn't have Very called a you shouldn't have called a foul in the first place. It's a clean block. So, of course, you get upset. And for him to react like that, that's not a tech. I mean, that the second one, yes, you can give him a tech for that. Cool. The first one, not a tech. Even the second one is questionable. But the first one, you just don't do that because then you ruin the whole game. A hundred percent agree. I think we had Ronnie Nunn, who was a fantastic official for years and years in the league, on the pod, King, before you joined us. My dad is a high school official. Um, I at, out at Summer League, I sat next to Joey Crawford and chatted up about officiating. There's the letter of the law, and I think there's the spirit of the law. And we had this debate a season ago when it seemed like the officials versus Draymond, the officials versus CP3, not just any CP. Um, I think that there has to be some communication and there has to be some wiggle room. Like, yeah. these guys are competing at an elite level. But if you're talking to them, if you guys, if there's mutual respect, maybe that instinct to fire off my whistle because of the textbook rules can be quelled a little bit, and you go with the flow of the game. I don't know, Bruce. Maybe we're the young people mad at the refs, but to me, it's just a bad look. You know what I think is playing into this a little bit too. Um, in a normal arena, under the you know, in our previous lifetime, when there was like fans there and noise and like distractions and all that. You couldn't hear every single grunt and word that players said. I think now, because it's a much more quieter house, I think the refs, like anybody else, they can hear more. And I think, you know, if they didn't hear it, they wouldn't call it. But now they're hearing it, so they're going to call it. 
just my thought. So I would like the refs, mm. because the game is not about them, to close one ear. Hear a little bit less. That's all I, I want. I think also another thing that comes into play with that is the star treatment. Boom. And KP doesn't get the star treatment. You're not throwing LeBron out the game. You're not throwing Damian Lillard out the game. So you throw Kristaps out the game. Like, come on now. I mean, you went LeBron and Damian, who are ones on their team. But even if you look at those teams and talk about the twos, you're not throwing CJ out. You're not throwing yeah. Andy out. You're, you're not, not throwing, throwing Luka Doncic out the game. Right. Like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? <laughs> All right. Luka Doncic whines more than anybody in the league, by the way. That dude, <laughs> like, whines about every non-call. Hey. I mean, when you that good. Hello? You can do whatever you want to do at 21. No, I agree with that. <laughs> but 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 the dude just whines nonstop. Hey, look, they should do a mixtape of him whining. Go ahead and whine. <laughs> He's a European. It's a European thing. All right. The other game that I personally, you know, the playoff table comes out, playoff schedule, excuse me, playoff matchups. This was the game that I, this was the series that I was most excited about, even though I don't think it has this year implications. I think it's a glimpse into our future. Jazz Nuggets, the best game so far. Overtime in game one. Final decision by way of 36 points. Jamal Murray ekes it out. The Nuggets get the dub, 135 to 125 in overtime. Mind you, Donovan Mitchell put up a cool... Uh, uh, how many points came? 57. 57. My favorite part of that was post game. <laughs> talking to our yeah. Felicia. He's like, Donovan put up 57? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. And Bruce, feel free to jump into this one. At the time of recording this podcast, it looks like Utah is poised to win game two to even up the series. But um, I, I mean, this was just fantastic. Nah, it. I really do think that uh, first I really like this this Nuggets team. I think that too. I think that in the future they're gonna they're going to be really special. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be special. Like he this the whole dynamic. They have a big three if you include Michael Porter Jr. in there. Um and with uh Jokic and Jamal Murray. But um I, I love this series. I think that these young guys shout out to class of twenty fifteen because Jamal Murray Donovan and myself were in there. I, I knew this was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We were all in the same class. We all played in the EYBL. Well, no, Donovan didn't play in the EYBL because he might have been running from the competition. Oh, um, continue. They focused. My bad. <laughs> but no, nah, those guys are um, special. Like, Jamal Murray has always uh, been a bucket getter. In EYBL, he's dropped 50. And, like, the way he closed the game, he he did my Baylor guy Royce O'Neal so dirty in that in the end of the game, it was bad. Like bad. Donovan's he having did. a tough tough time though. In uh, the even though it, I shouldn't say he's having a tough time, they're up by like seventeen. They're up by twenty one right now as we tape this. He's only got like eighteen points, right? But they're killing Denver. Really. But I, but yeah. I think but see yeah. I think that a couple things that are unique this year. The travel or the lack of travel 
the lack of home court advantage, especially for younger yeah. teams, I think. Although maybe you could argue that they're the closest back to the NCAA tournament or AAU, which this yeah. resembles. But I think we might see some kind of seesaw things in terms of performances and not performances. And to me, for Donovan to be able to take off, if they, if they pull out this win and he has 24 or whatever, but you get Clarkson involved, um, who I think is also having a good game tonight, and you can share the wealth. Like, I think that big picture, that's good because the mileage will add up. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Clarkson is having a big game today for them, by the way. Clarkson is good. I also think Joe Ingles is so underrated. Like Joe I- Ingles, no, he's really good. Like, he's really, really good at basketball. And people don't, I don't think people realize. Like, he's I'm, very good. To your point, I, didn't, I don't know that I would say Joe Ingles got game, right? But, like, he plays basketball so smart. Yeah, like, like it's all up here. Yeah. It's yeah. RIQ. He's such a great <laughs> basketball player. He's like that overweight dude at the at the Y, right? You're like you're like I I'll I'll guard that guy, and then he just lights you up because he's just like he's like old man strong and super smart. He's so smart. He's so smart. But anyway, so all right. So if this series ends up being one one, uh, I, this one's going to seven in my mind. Like, and I don't know who's going to take. It. I think I'm giving the edge to the Nuggets. Yeah, experience, I'm, but not even like significantly though. You know, I. My my best friend's dad is like the president of the Jazz. So, but I, I gotta go against them. Like, I'm Nuggets and six. In six, I got seven on this. Nuggets one. and six. <laughs> I I didn't mind again. I didn't watch the game, but just I don't I don't think they have enough with Mike Conley out, and I think Donovan is gonna going to be overworked because he has to play the one and score. Well, Mike Conley is getting tested daily while he's away for the birth of his beautiful baby boy. I think he's going to mm-hmm. be back before we know it. Um, I I just um, I got this one going seven. I just think it's too great. It's too great. Like literally, <laughs> this man was dropped on the way to dropping fifty-seven points, and I remember being like, "So if Jamal Murray just goes off this last two minutes of this game, like y'all gonna remember the fifty-seven or Jamal Murray saving the day?" I think we remember both, though. I remember both, but I would debate that Jamal Murray's 10 straight at the end of the game big time was almost more impressive uh, uh definitely more timely the body of work from both of them almost, almost more impressive I'm I'm a I really like both of these teams and uh I think this one could come down to coaching and mm-hmm. I really think I really think Quinn Snyder's tremendous coach yeah. makes really good adjustments mm-hmm. and uh he he remind he and rick carlisle are very similar to me it's like they just both seem to like take it all in and process it and then just make good adjustments i mean it's all about adjustments in the playoffs right and you see the yeah. same team like two straight weeks uh so okay yeah that's that's very true Man. i mean the talent's there on both teams so how many games you got bruce in that series, I think you're right. Seven. I think it's seven. I definitely yeah. Think. Yeah. King's tripping. <laughs> King's tripping. If he doesn't think. What? You should want that to go seven, King. I mean, come Please, on, man. love it. You're, I mean, you're a baller. You like good ball? I do like good basketball, but I mean, mm, I don't know. Six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So I think we whipped through all eight games plus one, sort of, because the Nets are in two games in. The consensus is that the Lakers are in more trouble. 
mm-hmm. than the Bucks. Um, I do want to get this W shout out in real quick because the Chicago Sky beat the Las Vegas Aces on, let me get my days right, Tuesday night on the most beautiful, well-executed end-of-game play. It was like a zipper screen in a corner, cross-court pass, hand off the top of the key. Courtney Vandersloot comes off a double screen, which meant Asia Wilson got stuck in the double screen, completely lost her man. Azure Stevens rolls to the basket, layup, 2.9 seconds to go for Aces to try to tie the game up. Mm. You got to see it. You got to look at it on, on Twitter. Like, it was so beautiful, so well executed. Like, love Chicago. They've got ton of grit. I think they're my dark horse on the W side. But anyway, basketball is so fun. We love basketball. <laughs> that was dope. Okay, people. <laughs> my Monica voice. It's time to wrap this up. Thanks to our producer, Bruce Bernstein. And thanks also to our excellent editor, Tom Phillip. Please check out our other Pure Hoops media shows. This week, the Mike Wise Show features Howard Beck of Bleacher Report. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams has Mike O'Donnell of ESPN and CBS Sports talking some college hoop. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and our guy Bruce, the GOAT. Filling in for Otto Strong has Kendra Andrews of The Athletic talking Denver Nuggets. BJ Armstrong is back with Eric Newman on the Pure Hoops podcast, which drops every Friday. And Monica and myself are back next Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Listen up, folks. This is important. It is essential. We are not done with COVID-19, so please don't get selfish. Wear your mask, protect yourself and others. I don't wanna hear no debate. It's not controversial, it's safe. Wear a mask. Continue to maintain social distancing, wash your dirty little hands and treat everyone around you like a cherished teammate or friend, even if they're strangers. As always, pray for the safety of our healthcare workers as they treat our fellow citizens and keep working for social justice with our friends of all races, religions and creeds as we work on creating a more inclusive society. If you like Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, please subscribe. It's free. And listen, give us a five-star rating. It would mean a ton. So for my co-host, King McClure, I'm Monica McNutt. We'll see you next week. But until then, enjoy your bubble hoops. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.